0: no one can really object to the teachings of Jesus, the character of Jesus, the self-sacrifice, the servanthood of Jesus, all those things are well known and modeled. And we can see the beauty of Jesus from a distance. But we can only be changed by Jesus when we allow him to draw near. And that's the focus of this series. And so Of course, there's many, many things that Jesus does. And so, of course, we know that Jesus has risen from the dead and and we want to know and to recognize that he is alive, but we have to remember that Jesus wants us to live and wants us to be alive. We not only want to see Jesus as the Savior who heals other people, but that Jesus does the healing in us. And we not only know that Jesus is the one that opens the eyes of the blind, but we want him to open our eyes as well, that we could see the truth and know the truth. And ultimately this all can't happen if we're keeping Jesus at a distance. And so the whole point really of our faith is to receive him, to welcome him into our hearts and into our lives. And the more that we welcome Jesus in, the, the closer that He gets to us, the closer that we get to Him, the more that we change, and the more that we are uh, transformed. And that's the, the focus of what we're doing. And so today, our theme today our theme is that the word, of, the word of God in us changes us. The Word of God in us changes us. Now, even before we get to our passage of Scripture, I wanna, I wanna define some terms for us, because it would just help with some clarity. And one is, what do we mean by the word? So most of the time when we say the word, we're thinking of words, right? We're thinking of books, we're thinking of words that have been written down on paper. And most of the time when we're talking about the word of God, we're thinking about what? The Bible, that's what we're thinking about. And we think about this in different ways. Every time we use that term, we wanna read the word, listen to the word teach the word, pray the word, memorize the word of God, uh, understand the word of God, and that all has to do with the Bible. But we're reading a passage now from the Gospel of John. It's the, it's the beginning of his gospel. And we remember that John was one of the apostles of Jesus. And he is telling us the this, this story of Jesus Christ. And it's called a gospel because it's the good news. And it's not just the good news about anything, it's the good news about Jesus. And so, as we think about how you, know, how you start telling a story is so very important. And so there's a, there's a reason that John begins by telling his story by saying, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And when John is speaking about Word, he's not talking about the words written on a page, he's talking about Jesus. And so that's the first thing I just want to clarify, that as we read this passage, as we talk today, what we're talking about is, not only is it, we're, are we, we're not saying that, of course, this is also true, that when the word is in us, it changes us. But especially today, we're talking about when Jesus is in us, he changes us. And when we're reading in this passage today in John chapter 1, verse 1, and he speaks about the word, I want you to think, Jesus Okay? And um, because this is the thing that changes us. So now you can stand again. All right? As we read the Word of God. So I'm reading out of the ESV, John chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was the life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Now there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. The glory is of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. For John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me was before me because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth comes through Jesus Christ. No one can see God. The only God who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. So, of course, as we look into passages like this, it's always interesting to ask the, the question, and this is what I would ask John, uh, the writer of this, the Apostle John, that, you know, why did you, why did you decide to say these things? Why were these things written here? Because, you know, John, even, even John, at the end of his gospel, he says, as everything was written down on paper that could be said about Jesus, it... There wouldn't be enough libraries in the whole world to fill all of the things that could be said about Jesus. So there were a lot of things when John was writing his gospel that he could have said. And there are many ways that he could have started his story of the life of Jesus and the gospel of Jesus. But he chose to say these words. Why did he do that? Well, there's some very important principles. And the overarching principle is that John... John is so concerned that he wants you to know that the heart of everything that he's saying is he wants Jesus to be in you. And he says this over and over through all of his writings, through the gospel of John, through he's written three letters of John. He was the one that received the revelation, uh, the the last book of the, the New Testament, the revelation of Jesus Christ. John received all of that. And he spent time with Jesus. He knew Jesus. He had, a, had a, just an intimately close relationship with Jesus. And of everything else, Jesus wants to know that the most important thing you, or that the most important thing John wants us to get is that in, or, in order for us to really experience change and transformation, we can't just worship Jesus from afar, He has to be near. He has to be in us, abiding in us, living in us. And then in order for us to experience that, we have to welcome Him, receive Him, make a place for Him in our lives. And in fact, that's what we were doing today when we were celebrating the Lord's Supper, right? So we took the elements of the bread and the cup and we remembered that it's a symbol of everything that Jesus has done for us. So, here, this is my body um, that was given for you. We take it and we eat of it and it becomes a part of us. And in the same way, you know, we took the cup and this is the blood of Christ shed for us. And we drink it and we take it into us. You know, and and what is the symbolism of that? Is that we want to receive Jesus into our hearts and into the very core of who we are. Because then he changes us and we're never the same. We're never the same. But as far as, as the priorities for, um, for John, is he begins by, he wants us to know that Jesus is the word, and the word is Jesus. Now, there's, I think there's a really important principle here when it comes to how we handle the written word of God is that oftentimes we think that the written word of God are just words about God or words about Jesus or words about people that believed in God or believed in Jesus. But in fact, as the Bible itself says, this where does this come from? The, the, the words that we're actually reading on the page, well, they come from God. And in uh, the book of Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter Uh, 3 verse 16 it says for all scripture is breathed out by God it comes from him it comes first from his heart and then it's breathed out from him and spoken to us and and then it was written down by faithful witnesses on the page and the transforming part for us is that as you read your bibles as I read my bible we're not just reading words on a page it's actually as you're reading it's God who's speaking to you and in fact, he's with you. His presence is there with you as you're reading the Bible, as you're reading the Gospels, because it's his word. And there's something that's being passed to you as you're reading the word, and it's, it's the life of God. There's a life-giving presence that ha- there's something actually in you that happens as you're reading the Bible. And what's really cool about this I think is that even if you're reading sections of the Bible that make clearly no sense to you and I don't know about you but I have those days where I'm reading the Bible and it's just not clicking but I want you to know there's something happening as you're reading the Bible no matter what because as we read in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 it says the word of God is living and active and so it's all just to say that as we're talking today about Jesus is the word the the when we're talking about the word we're talking about god's message we're talking about god's heart and jesus is the fullest representation he's the fullest expression of the message of god about his love and forgiveness for us his grace that's why he says in here for The law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And so it's just a principle that that when we're thinking about the word, I want us to think about Jesus. And that's the first and most important, one one of the most important things that John wants us to know uh, today. And we actually know that that's what he means, because if you go down to verse 17, uh, John actually says to us, uh, The word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen his glory. The glory as of the one and only and he actually identifies him with the name Jesus Christ so we know that that's the connecting link between at the beginning when he says in the beginning was the word and at the end of the passage in verse 17 when he says Jesus Christ the word is Jesus amen so turn to your neighbor and say Jesus is the word and then turn to your other neighbor and say amen <laughs> all right Good, Jesus is the word. Um, the second thing that we want to know that John wants us to know is that Jesus in us is the one who changes us. Jesus in us is the one who changes us. As you read through these 18 verses, you can't help but come to the realization that this is personal for John. This isn't just a, um, you know, an academic exercise It's not just a doctrinal writing that he's doing. Um, it's personal for John. John, everything that you're reading about here, John has experienced about Jesus. And with all of his heart, he wants us as the readers to experience the same thing. And we see this in so many different ways because, of course, he, he at the beginning, is... I hope I don't fall. At the beginning, uh, that would be entertaining now, wouldn't it? That did happen to me one time, I was preaching in a church and they had, like, uh, they had like the drums right here, and I actually tripped over the cord and all the cymbals went crashing, it was very exciting. So, yeah, it was, well, I don't know how joyful it was, but it was a noise, that's for sure. <laughs> it woke everybody up, how can you say that? Um, But I want you to, so he starts in the beginning, all this stuff about Jesus. You know, Jesus is God. Jesus uh, was in the beginning with God, and Jesus is light and life. And then he goes on, and he says some amazing things about, and basically what John is saying is, I've seen all of this. He He says, we have beheld his glory. Glory of the one and only. And John isn't saying, this isn't just something that other people have experienced or this isn't something I'm telling you to do. I'm not telling you to do something or experience something or believe something that's academic for me. He says, this, this is the most central, most important part of my life that I'm sharing with you. I've experienced this. And now I want you to experience this. When he talks about how How, uh, you know, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. How he came to his own, but his own received him not. To all who would receive him, he would give the power to to be sons of God. Sons born not of the flesh or of of man's will uh, or of blood, but born of God. That's talking to us about a completely changed and transformed life. And he's not talking about this academically. John is saying, this happened to me. This is my life. My life was transformed, and I'm writing this so that your life can be changed and transformed too. And it happens by us receiving Jesus, walking near Jesus, living every day, every moment for Jesus, being completely surrendered in our life to Jesus, and it changes everything. Even that phrase when he talks about, about we have the right to become children of God, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, but John has experienced that. And think about everything that John experienced. Because he was one of Jesus' disciples. He was one of the first disciples that was called by Jesus. You know, Jesus Jesus said, come and follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And he and his uh, brother James, they came and they followed Jesus. And John saw everything. He saw the miracles. He saw the multitudes. He saw Jesus at his best and Jesus at his worst. He saw Jesus at his most joyful, and he saw Jesus at his lowest point. He was with Jesus on the mountain when, when he was transfigured, when he, when he was where, there with Peter and James and John on the mountain. He saw the glory of God, and that's probably one of the things he's referring to here. We have beheld, we have seen his glory. But he, So he was with him on the mountaintop, but he was also with him in the valley, in the, in the Garden of Gethsemane. When he was to be praying and, and when Jesus was weeping and sweating, tears of blood and praying Lord if it's possible could you take this from my hand but if not I will do your will. He was there at that moment. He was there when Jesus was arrested and he followed him. He was there when Jesus was crucified at the cross. He heard Jesus point to to his mother Mary and to John and said, son, this is your mother, mother, this is your son. He saw Jesus die and and he saw the resurrection. He along with Peter, when they heard the news from Mary Magdalene, they went running to the tomb. Of course, John was faster than Peter, so he got there first, which I think drove Peter absolutely crazy. Because my image of Peter, he's probably a pretty competitive guy. So it was probably frustrating to him. But he got there first and he saw and he looked down into the tomb and he saw the grave clothes. And he was there when Jesus appeared to the disciples. He saw the wounds in his hands and his feet and his side. He heard his voice. He knew that he was real and that he had risen from the dead and that Jesus was who he said he was, the Messiah, the Son of God, the King of kings and Lord of lords. And he was there when Jesus ascended to the Father. He was there and he heard the words when Jesus said to, you, said to them, All authority on heaven and earth has been given unto me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you and know I am with you even to the end of the age. He was there. You know, we had the celebrated communion today and and we read that story about the last supper. He was there. He was leaning on the breast of Jesus when when Peter looked across at him and, and after Jesus had said, one of you will betray me. And remember, Peter said to him, hey, ask him who it is. John asked him. He was there. And he was there on the day of Pentecost. He was there when the Holy Spirit came. And he was there and was one of them that was speaking in unknown languages the glory of the gospel. He was there when 3,000 people came to the Lord on that day. So John saw it all and experienced it all. And he knew that the most important thing about all of this stuff Is Jesus living in you and Jesus living in me? And that was what he wanted more than anything else. Because he knows is that that when Jesus is in us, Jesus changes us, and he knows this because he experienced his life had been transformed in every conceivable way. You know what's interesting is John is the only apostle who died of natural causes. All of the other apostles um, were martyred. And John suffered tremendously for his faith. Um, Suffered physically, suffered emotionally uh, for his faith. He experienced exile and, and beatings and imprisonment and all of those sorts of things. And what was it that got him through all of that? It was Jesus living in him. Uh, I think probably my life verse that I just love the most is is Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 and I think that could be said of what John is saying here where Paul says I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live but Christ lives in me and the life that I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me him. And that's why he's writing this stuff. is because he knows that it's true. Because he's experienced it. And then John wants us to know that Jesus changes us because Jesus is God. There's a reason that he begins the way he does where he says, and if we change the word, the, the word word, To Jesus, it may make more sense to us. It's what John meant to say. I mean, it's what he's saying. He says, in the beginning was Jesus. And Jesus was with God and Jesus was God. And everything that was made was made through him and for him and with him. There wasn't anything that was made that was made apart from Jesus. Jesus. And he says something else that's very important. So, so what he's saying is that everything you see around us, the trees, the rocks, the, the beauty that's all around us, each other, um, it all comes from somewhere. And it comes, what John is saying, is it comes from Jesus. Jesus is the source. Jesus is God. Jesus is the second person of the Trinity, uh, God Almighty, one God who expresses himself in three ways as Father, as Son, as Holy Spirit, all unified and united as one, but all expressing them in some different ways. And so um, Jesus is God made flesh, for the word became flesh, God became flesh and dwelt among us. That'll be important in in a few minutes for us to connect that. But it's important for us to understand that, that Jesus is God. And as God, everything that we see around us comes from Him. And in fact, life itself comes from Him. So, um, when we think about life, we're thinking about abundant life. Joyful life. Fulfilled life. Life as it should be. Life as, as it's deep and, and, and glorious and beautiful and... and worthy of living for life at its most richest and fullest is to be found in God. I mean, truly what it means to live comes from Him, and truly in reality, all life comes from God, because God created, all comes from Him. And so the definition of life and what it means to live, and the source of life and what it means to live, all comes from Him, it all comes from Jesus and that life is the light of men. And so the the point he's saying is that Jesus is God, and therefore because Jesus is God, when Jesus is in us, he's the only one that can really change us. Because all the things we would want him to do in our lives come from him. Life and hope and light and purpose and joy and fulfillment and peace and kindness and resilience and passion, They all find their fullest form, their fullest expression in God. Now we may experience some measures of joy and kindness and peace and goodness and things of that nature, but they're in a limited form. They're temporal by their very nature, but in their fullest form, in their richest form, in their most glorious form, they're found in Jesus. That's where we can find true life and what it means to really live is to be found in, in Him. And so... Um, Jesus changes us because Jesus is God, and therefore God has the ability to change us. Amen? And this is a very important point because Jesus alone can change us. And that's so important for us because we cannot change ourselves. And this is one of the things that John is getting at when he's talking about, he gives this comparison or relationship between light and darkness, and this is what he's talking about. As he's, he's connecting light with life and he's connecting darkness with death. And so he's, he's talking about both the things of, you know, darkness is the absence of illumination. And so that's why it's so meaningful when John says, but grace and truth come through Jesus Christ. And so life, everything that it means to live, everything that it means um, to really have, I would say what he's talking about is more like abundant life. It is to be found in Jesus, but it's something that we can't experience on our own. We lack the ability. And I think we know this is really true when we look at ourselves when we look at our world. We can look around at our world and we can see all kinds of things that we'd like to change. And I think we'd like the world to be different than it is, wouldn't we? You know, we can talk about all kinds of things. We can talk about things like government corruption. We can talk about abuse uh, abuse in homes. We can talk about oppression. We can talk about alienation. We can talk about... Uh, depression, mental illness, we can talk about um, all levels of brokenness, we can talk about poverty, Um, we can talk about injustice of so many different kinds, we can talk about hatred that's communicated between person and person and group and group and nation and nation. We could talk about wars and rumors of war and the prevalence of violence. We can talk about the condition of marriage in our day and the prevalence of infidelity and, and divorce. We can talk about the, the grip that addictions get on people, whether it's, whether it's addictions like pornography or alcohol or drugs or work or performance. Whatever those addictions are, they get a hold of us and they control us. But it's not, none of those things are any things that God wants for us. They're the tools of the enemy. They're the tools of this world. They're an expression of selfishness and pride and arrogance on what I would say is on steroids. You know, at at their highest, multiple levels, it's what we see. We see self-centeredness and selfishness. And that's just looking at the world around us. What happens when we look at ourselves? we see about the things in ourselves we'd like to change you know sometimes we just have to come to the end of ourselves and and I think many times we do this don't we sometimes when we're in those quiet moments when we're by ourselves no one is around we're not talking to anybody and we say to ourselves man I really messed this thing up I have really screwed up my life and of course People ask us how we're doing. We're doing, well, I'm doing great. How are you? Right? We do that all the time. And inside, we're broken and we're miserable and we're depressed and we're discouraged and we're filled with fear and anxiety and struggle. And we do deal with sin, don't we? We do struggle with sins like pride and self-centeredness. I was saying in the early service, you know, what what sort of a difference would it make if we were transformed from being selfish drivers to selfless drivers on the roads here in Malawi? How would that improve our road traffic here, right? And as Paul says, I am the chief of all sinners. (laughs) I have to say that. But we have to realize we talk about pride in others, greed in others, self-centeredness in others, jealousy in others. Um, but we also realize it's, it can be in us. It may be our condition. And we would like to see that change happen in us. But as the Bible tells us that the heart, it's a problem of the heart. And the problem is, is, is that our, our, our heart is corrupted by sin our heart has become selfish in every way that even when we want to do good and try to do good we find that behind it oftentimes is a selfish motive for for praise and for glory from men rather than from god and i'm i'm sure that you're like me you get frustrated because you try to change you want to change and you try to change and you make efforts to change and still you don't change. And you go, man, I've been really working on this hard. What's, what's the deal? You know, why do I? And we hear this all the time, right? We repent of our sins, and then all of a sudden we're doing those same sins again, and we get really frustrated about it. And it's because it's, it's not a matter of our actions and doing. It's a matter of the heart, The heart hasn't changed. Our actions and our deeds and how we express ourselves is never going to change. But we can't change our heart. That's what the Bible says. So The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So it says everyone has sinned. Everyone has turned away from God. Every single person. And in Romans chapter 1, it tells us that even though we see that God is God by the creation, still we will not turn to him and worship him and honor him as God because our heart is filled with self we keep turning to self instead of turning to God now God knows all of that that's why he says in this passage the light shined into the darkness and the darkness could not overcome it I mean the fact is that that Jesus is God and he came to be with us so that we could be changed and transformed Amen. I think you should turn to your neighbor and say hallelujah. (laughs) I mean, think about it. Jesus didn't have to come. He's God. He has everything he needs. He doesn't need anything. God doesn't need anything. But he wanted us. He wanted to see us transformed and saved. And he says this so many places in the Bible, God desires that none would perish, not one. And that's why God Almighty sent His Son. You know, or the famous verse, uh, For God so loved the world that He sent His one and only Son. I mean, that is so profound. We let it roll off of our lips and we do it in Sunday school and we sing songs about it, but it is so profound. Profound, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. It's so profound. God loves the world. God loves the world when it's lost, when it's when it's embracing everything that God abhors and and is unrighteous and unholy, God loves the world and he wants to save us. When we're at our worst, God loves us and he wants to save us. That's that's by his nature and he is able to save us because he is God. And that's what's so amazing is we can't save ourselves, we can't change ourselves, we can't change our hearts, but Jesus can. And that takes us to our next point, which is that Jesus enters our world so that we can enter his. Jesus came for us when we were at our most helpless. John himself says, gives us a definition of love. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us. (laughs) Wow. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loves us. the truth is he's done everything Jesus has he saw us first of all and he came that's why we say what one of the names of Jesus is Emmanuel right God with us he came he lived among us and he became one of us and then he loved us so much that he took all of our sin unbrokenness, upon himself and he took care of it on the cross. What was keeping our hearts broken and corrupted, he took it on himself, on the cross of Christ. And he paid its debt through his own death. Providing us the way to receive grace and forgiveness from God and to be reconciled to God. This is what he did for us because he loved us. All the agony, all the suffering of Jesus was coming from love. Everything that he did, he did for that purpose. And he did it so that we could be with him. That's why he did it. Jesus wants us to be with him. It's about relationship. And all we have to do, all we have to do is to receive Him, is to say yes. Um, But that's what the whole deal is about. And that's why ultimately when the change happens when Jesus changes us. He comes into us. We receive him. And what does it mean to receive him? It means to welcome him and to embrace him, to pull him in. How does this happen for us? Okay, so this is all about what was John trying to say and why is this important? Why does the word in us, change us. But now, how does it change us? And this is so, so important. It changes us, and the way that it changes us is when we get to the end of ourselves and we realize this is what we really want and this is what we really need. It won't happen until we get to that point. It won't happen until we look at ourselves and, and we realize, man, I have really messed everything up and I don't know what to do. I don't like the life that I have, I don't like what I'm doing, I don't like how I'm behaving, I don't like how I'm living, I feel trapped, I feel broken, but I have no idea what to do to change it, I can't. In fact, no matter what I do, it just keeps getting worse. And when we get to that place, then we can and we look up and see Jesus, we see His beauty, we see His glory, we see His love. That Jesus comes for us at that moment. But it begins by that honesty of saying, I need you, and I want my life to be different. And that's the point at which, only is the point at which we're able to to receive him because we've come to our end of ourselves we're saying I can't depend on myself but Jesus I'm turning to you now would you come Jesus come come into my heart and into my life and change me and and change my dynamic and change my circumstance because God nothing else is working could you help me That's what John did. That's what happened to me. I was a young person in secondary school and filled with anxiety and fear and depression and questions. and I was not at peace. By God's grace, there was a a couple in our church that was working with the young people and This young man that was working with him, I saw him and I could see he was different. He had peace, he had contentment, he had hope, he had joy, and I had none of that. And I just got to the place where I said, but I want it. So I just asked him, I said, what is it, man? What is it about you that's so different? for the first time someone told me about Jesus, that the difference is Jesus. And what Jesus did for us, and he explained to me for the first time I ever remember understanding that what Jesus did for me, he died for me so that I could be forgiven, so that my sin could be removed, so that I could be free. He asked me to pray, and I prayed. And my life has never been the same. And you have stories, similar stories of how Jesus has changed you by being in you. Because it's what it's what Jesus does. So we come to the end of ourselves and we just say and cry out to God and say, Jesus, I I don't know what to do, would you help me? Would you please come into my life, into my heart? Would you be in me and change me so that I can be new? (laughs) And then the journey starts. And every day Jesus changes us more and more to be more and more like him. See, it's not just a one-time thing. It's a, it's a daily thing, because Jesus invites us to know Him and to a relationship with Him. Jesus Himself said, "This is eternal life that you may know the one true God and His Son who sent it's knowing Him, it's relationship with Him." What about you? you come to that place in your life where you come to the end of yourself you realize man I made a mess of everything and I want to change I want my life to change but I can't do it but Jesus can because Jesus is God and he loves you and he's come for you and he sees you here, if you've never surrendered your life completely to him I mean it's a risk for sure it's a risk because you receive Jesus he asks you to just lay everything down to surrender everything to him so that he can come in and, and make you into a new person it's risky for sure but I'm here to tell you and I know there's many many people in this room that can tell you it is worth it So if you're here today and the Spirit of God is working in your heart and you're really feeling, yeah, that's what I want. I want Jesus to change me. I want to receive Him into my life. I want my heart to be changed. I am willing to lay it all down so that He can make me new. If that's you today, I'd invite you now just to to pray with me. You can pray aloud, you can pray silently to yourself. You don't have to raise your hand. You just This is between you and Jesus, you and Him. I'll pray kind of a prayer. You're welcome to pray that to yourself or if you wanna pray your own prayer, you can do that as well. But if you really feel that Jesus is moving, you're feeling that sense of brokenness and that you want to change, don't miss this moment. So let's pray. Jesus, I believe that you are here. And I believe that you are God. And I believe that you came to change me. Jesus, I've really made a mess of my life. And I know it's all my fault. I've been selfish and prideful and arrogant and greedy and jealous, unfaithful. I have I have sinned, Lord, and I have hurt others. I wish I could change, God, but it's just not happening, and Jesus, I want to change. I surrender it all to you, Jesus, and I... Ask, Jesus, that you would come into my heart and change me. I receive you, Lord Jesus, today. I welcome you into my life. Please change me. I'm looking to you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, I ask all of this in your precious and holy name. You know, the thing about Jesus is that even if you've known Him for a long time, He's still about the work of changing you. And the way that He changes you is by being in you. And we not only receive Jesus once, we receive Him each and every day. Because we wake up in the morning and we realize, Jesus, I need you today. I can't make it through today without you, Lord Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, I surrender everything today and I welcome you today and I invite you into my today. And Lord, would you walk with me through this day? Lord, would you change me through this day? As we're reading his word, we're saying, Jesus, I know you're with me. As I read your word, would you please change me and change my heart? As we're praying, we're praying, Lord Jesus, change me and help me in my life. And it's just this subtle little turning to Jesus every day. And as many moments in the day as you can. Keep turning to Him. Why is John saying this? Because he knows this is the most important thing. Jesus being Jesus changing us Jesus making us more like him this is the point of all of this stuff that we call Christianity and if he's moving on you today don't miss don't miss the move. we have moments in our life special moments in which we know God is here God is present with us he wants to do something Welcome him. Say yes to him. and He will do it. He will change your life because it's the word of God in you. Jesus in you that changes you. Let us pray. Father, thank you. We love you. We give you the glory and praise because you are God almighty. And We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who is God sent, who loved us, died for us, and rose for us, and is now with us to change us. Lord Jesus, we welcome you. We receive you. Change us. Make us more like you each and every day. Lord, we thank you. We pray this all in Jesus' holy name.